2: You're listening to the Paranormal UK Radio Network, the best in paranormal talk radio in the UK and around the world. Everybody. We're here alive and thrive in Toronto, home of Blue Jays, Raptors, Maple Leafs, and Canadian psychic Robert Lindsay Moon. And that's me. Welcome to my side of the crystal ball. We have an exceptional show, exceptional guests. We have an exemplary show and two exemplary guests as well. Um, in the expert's chair tonight is Susan Waters. She's an intuitive, visionary artist. She channels angels as well. And she draws them and makes portraits and does angel type connections and intuitive readings as well. And Susan's going to be on the experts chair and as well, the main event tonight is uh, Sarah Troy. and Sarah is a podcast host. She's not just a podcast host. She owns a whole network and she has done over 2000 podcasts in the last 10 years. She is exemplary and also exceptional. Sara's going to be talking about her life causes, her life passions, um, the way she's grown and evolved, and her teachings. Before we get to these two fascinating guests, I have a couple of requests. If you're watching us on YouTube, please like, comment, and subscribe to our channel. You can um, you now, if you like, um, it gets us attention and gets us. If you if you make a comment, it gets even more attention and we get higher ratings. And if you subscribe, once again, we'll get higher ratings and subscriptions are complimentary. And you'll always be able to know when our latest podcast comes out. If you would. Um, and by the way, you can find us on Apple, Spotify and just about anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can find me personally on my website, www.robertlindsaymilne.com. I'm still doing readings these days, and I have a couple of spaces uh, every now and again, so you can give me a call on that. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, and TikTok. And now, without further ado, let's get this show going with WWRS. Have you ever considered free choice and free will and, and, and what that means? And have you ever considered free choice and free will also is having whoever we want in our life and we can have free choice and free will and anyone we want we can have in our life. It's up to us. So let's take a look at what 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 that means, uh, free choice and free will to have anyone that, that you want in your life or, for that matter, out of your life or not in your life. So let's take the world's population and let, let, let's imagine now, you know, the world's population is around 7 billion, maybe a little bit more. I don't know the exact number. But for this this model tonight that I'm going to be talking about, For the sake of um, easy with numbers, um, let's pretend that it's six billion, but we all know it's seven and a little bit more. So seven billion people on the planet and we have free choice and free will to experience or be involved with or know anyone. So when we take that six billion and line them up shoulder to shoulder at one end of the spectrum, about 25 percent, 1.5 billion people, 25 percent. And that group of people hate your guts. They do. They just hate your guts and there ain't nothing you can do about it. If you try to do something about it, they'll hate your guts. And if you don't try to do anything about it, they'll hate your guts. And the reason that there's nothing you can do about it is because it's not about you. Those that hate your guts is because they look at you and they see in them what they hate in themselves. So they see in you what they hate in themselves. And regardless of what you do, they're going to hate you. That's the story. But then you can go to the other end of the spectrum, uh, 1.5 billion, 25% and they absolutely love you. They just think you're wonderful. They have your back. You're the most wonderful person in the whole wide world. They just love you. 1.5 billion. And here's the thing. There's nothing you can do about it because they, you know, if you try to do something about it, they'll love you. And if you don't try to do something about it, they're going to love you. And the reason for that is, It's got nothing to do with you. It only has to do with um, what they see in you they love in themselves. That's what it's about. So there's 1.5 billion that hate you, and then there's another 1.5 billion that think you're just wonderful. And then there's another 3 billion that go from the good side to the bad side. Six billion people, and you have free choice and free will to hang out with whatever group you want. And whoever group that you're in, they're going to feel about you exactly how they see what's in you that comes out in them. So you have free choice and free will to hang out with anyone. I, I, I like to go for the ones that love me, but, you know, I mess up that a bit. It's like I do sometimes or a lot. So um, it gets even finer than that. We human beings are only capable of connecting with and interacting with about 650 people. Yeah, 650. So the way that would work is how, how we're able to interact and deal with people. Let's start off with, you know, we have our family of origin, those people that are um in 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 the family in, in which we were born. And perhaps there'll be one or two special siblings, or you have a you know, real special connection with your mother, your father, or or all of, of them there. So that that's that's one group. Then just a step farther, a little bit farther away, there could be a, a, an aunt, an uncle, and cousin, that they would be really, really close to you to find them you know, very much like, you know, the special one you're connected with at the early part. Then it spreads out a little bit more and then there could be um a neighbor you you see every day and, you know, you just kind of hang out and you're really about pals. And then it spreads, expands out a little bit more. And there would be perhaps the people that you see at work every day. And, and um, then again, and you interact with them and it, it, it spreads out a little bit more. And then there are the people who were, who, you know, that that you go to their store, or or you see them in the grocery store, or they're um, the mechanic, or um, you know someone that that you you know, and 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 they do work for you, or in, in that realm, then it spreads out some more, where where you'll see people that you know from the neighborhood, you know, like from out, out walking with your dog, saying hi to people and stuff like that. That's the next level out, and then. The level after that one is you see someone around and they see you, but you only know them by distance. You only know them by seeing them and you don't much talk to them because you just... So that's the the level of relationship. We humans are only capable of connecting with Around 650 people. That's about all that we're capable of. And um, just just incidentally, uh, in the old days, in the olden days, you know, um, most small towns were around 600, 650, 700, because that's about the most amount we can communicate, we can relate with. So six billion people on the planet. One group loves you because they do. One group hates you because they do. The group in the middle go from the love to beginning of hate. So, So there's that 3 billion. And in that 6 billion, there's only 650 you can interact with. So you have free choice and free will to hang out with anyone you choose. And the thing is, those that you hang out with, it's got nothing to do with you. It's what they see in you reminds them of themselves. And you can be around anyone. So that is what Robert has to say tonight. One of the things that I've learned about you is that you have a connection to angels. I, I have a bit of a confession. Um, I do and give a lot of service in, in, in my work. My secret desire, like when this life is over, um, I would like to be, have you ever seen that, that, that movie, um, City of Angels? Um, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. My dream is to have that job, uh, although I would like to have emotion with it. But that, that's what I would love. That was what the job mm-hmm. that I, I aspire to do when, when I complete this this life. And uh, so is that the way you think of angels or or, or or do you see things differently?
0: Yeah, I'd say yes and no to that. Um, okay, that's an interesting yes question. Yeah. Nobody's okay. ever asked me this. Yeah. I, they, to me, they are, they are definitely you know beings from a faster vibration than we exist in.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I don't like the term higher, lower, because that insinuates that something is better than. And I don't agree with that.
2: I um, like that. But, that's true.
0: Yeah. But not all angels have the same purpose or the same intention in what they are doing oh. at this time.
2: What do angels do?
0: Uh, yeah, the ones that are per, our personal ones that are with us. Yes. Um, they Their purpose is to help us with our life lessons, the things that we wanted to learn and experience in this lifetime, and kind of keep us on track with that. Um, and sometime when we need it, give us the spiritual clue by four. But okay. there are other angels that are not people's personal angels. Some of those are known as archangels and their purpose is still with the intention of helping others, but they kind of come and go as they are needed and as they are called upon. Okay. Um, But yeah, there are others that, you know, that, you know, they may be just, you know, as watchers, you know, they're there to observe so that, and to
2: record. Okay. Do they talk to you?
0: Uh, some more than others. Yes. They, so can they be do be just talk like to People. Yeah, some do. Um, some don't like to use the English language. Um, and I don't speak any other language than English. <laughs> so that can be an issue sometimes, too. Sure.
2: So they talk to you. Mm-hmm. And if they use English, you, you understand them.
0: Right. Yeah. And some you just use pictures
2: okay it, mentally yes. Well, yes okay so um i know that you didn't start doing that this say um three years ago right uh, so so um, so it's been longer
0: um yeah i started seeing other people's angels in uh, january of 97
2: how did that but, happen
0: yeah it that was just kind of one day I just realized I wasn't just seeing my own anymore.
2: Oh, okay. So when did you yet, first see yours?
0: Um, I started seeing my own after near death experiences of the ages of four and six. And they were just there for me. My personal ones are just there all the time.
2: Do I share it? Um, the, 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 the personal. Um...
0: The, the near death experience. Yeah. Um I actually had um, ruptured hernias, so I had to have physical, you know, life-saving surgeries.
2: You were just a baby.
0: Um. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, How
2: did you get the hernias?
0: Um. To be honest, I'm not sure. And though, you know, I did have others that were discovered before. Um. It, you know, got to the point that they ruptured. Um. And it's never really been figured out what. Caused them. Um, I had a lot of um, kidney and bladder issues growing up as an infant and or as a child, and actually continued to have those issues until I had children.
2: Hmm.
0: And then something about my body chemistry changed, and I'm now probably one of the healthiest people you know.
2: Well, you look great for fifty. So,
3: <laughs> so no, I wish so, I was just fifty.
2: <laughs> so, um, so I'm just thinking about this. Um. Um angels you just always saw them is that is um, that
0: yeah i just i right. really don't okay. remember a time where i didn't but to you know and i don't see you know
2: okay.
0: it's kind of a contemporary i guess would be the word for it way that i see them because i've never seen faces even in my near-death experience right. i did not see faces i just see these these shapes you know of really a glowing light is the best and they're I, very transparent
2: i understand um so you started seeing a lot of people that do this kind of work that you do um and like i do uh, have have had traumatic backgrounds now having near-death experiences at four and six you've had traumatic background um was was there other any other types of traumatic background that would bring this out but
0: mm, not really no well, you, know, um, you I grew up in you know you. a very religious household a very oh. strict household.
2: But, um how was there seeing really angels wasn't and talking to angels received
0: it was not no way um it probably I think around the age of seven yeah my dad um, told me to quit telling those stories
2: Aha. Uh-huh. did you
0: um yeah I just quit talking about it okay and he told me to okay. quit telling them All he right. didn't tell any you know, so that was yeah I, I continued to see and experience everything Wait. that I had been I just didn't talk about it anymore
2: when did you start? Talking um, start
0: it. talking yeah. about it again yeah. i in ninety seven
2: would you like to talk about the events of nineteen ninety seven they um, seem yeah, interesting as
0: i started you know i really got back into metaphysics probably about nineteen ninety four yes um and started out you know watching the some videos a friend of mine gave me of Drenville Melchizedek.
2: I'm sorry, say that At, again.
0: And uh, Drenville Melchizedek, he, and he was doing the Flower of Life workshops. Okay. And um, uh, yeah, and then I just kind of started meeting some different people, um, started do it, went to a study group were, were, with were Keys you in of the Enoch.
2: Small- were you the the, the the um a resident of a small town in Iowa, or were you in a more um that's metro?
0: that's where I grew up. Yes. I moved to Kansas City, um in in the mid '80s. All right. So you know I was exposed to being exposed to a lot more at that time. Um, but you know, and yeah, yeah, and I was you know doing a started doing a maybe daily meditation practice. I probably started daily bringing on the 95, 96.
2: Now, during that time, you also were an artist. Is that correct? So you were... No, I was oh, not. Oh, 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 okay.
0: I dr- I dreamed of being an artist as a kid. Um, high school art teacher told me not to bother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and I just feel at this point, it's probably because I wasn't really inspired. But I'm, I'm, they've actually... Yeah, I consider myself really angel taught at this. Point. So they've taught me how to draw and paint.
2: Okay, wow. But, uh, yeah, in
0: 97 it, in January. Do,
2: do you think perhaps because of the strict religious background, um, if you would have painted, the angels would have come through and you might have been in real big trouble?
1: Um.
0: I definitely would have made my parents very uncomfortable. Definitely.
2: Okay. Okay. Definitely. All right. So you started being an artist when the angel, when, when you were in 1997, when, mm-hmm. when um, the angels, when you were acknowledging and connecting with the angels.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yes, I even argued with them probably the first you know, five or six months.
2: The angels. After,
0: yeah, start, after they asked me to start drawing, I had two teenage boys and two toddlers. Wow. It, you know, as well as not knowing, you know, how to do what that they were asking me to do. So, yeah, I was a bit overwhelmed by that at the time. Um, but, you know, after a while, I kind of had to give in and, yeah, and just started experimenting first with different mediums while I figured out what was going to work for me.
2: Which, which, which ones did you experiment with and which ones did you find for you? Um,
0: I experimented with watercolor first because mm-hmm. that was probably the closest that I could think of in my mind of how to portray what I was seeing and how transparent they are. Oh, I learned very quickly that watercolor is probably one of the most difficult mediums there is. Ah, Okay. Um, So then I switched to pastels and I used pastels for probably the first, probably three to three or four years. Okay. Um, And then I just wasn't getting the detail. I didn't have the skill to get the detail that I wanted. So that's when I switched to color pencil, which is what I still use today.
2: And when did you start being able to create a piece of art with the angel and it be a type of reading or a way that you can teach or connect with someone?
0: Um, I, I started doing that actually probably about in somewhere in 98. Um, I had already been going to a metaphysical store here in Kansas City. And had become friends with the owner because I was one of her first customers. Okay. Um, So I, you know, just got so I was kind of of talking to her about what I was experiencing and what I was doing, and starting to play with drawing them, the ones that I was seeing. And so I was just, you know, started a couple, three times a year um, on a Saturday. I just go to her shop and do it for a love offering to start out with. And then eventually, as my kids got older, then I started doing some of the metaphysical fairs here in Kansas City.
2: And when did you start um, earning money, making a living for doing this service? Um, How did that happen?
0: uh, I didn't really go full time until eight years ago. Um, As I was raising my children, I had the corporate job that many of us have um, as a web designer and developer.
2: Oh, that's why your website's so good.
0: (laughs) Oh, thank you for that. Oh, that's the reason. um, Okay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so then eight years ago, um, as many people in the tech industry know, you tend to get laid off every two to three years. Okay. And um, I got laid off again. uh, because The company wasn't doing so well financially and poor management and, at that time, I just kind of decided I was done. I was done with the roller coaster. Um, so that's when I converted to, to full-time.
2: So when you do an angel reading or an angel art.
0: Angel portrait is how an I angel refer port- to it. Oh, okay, good. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
2: Um, an angel portrait. Um, is there a difference between doing an angel reading like me as the psychic doing a reading, or uh, or is it or is it simply um, the angels are inspiring a a um, a, a portrait um, for that person? Or, um, or is it, it...
0: yeah, the main focus, you know, is the portrait. Okay. Um. Yeah, and we chat. You know, I'll just chat with somebody throughout to get to know them a little bit. So um, you do and it then... when
2: you're talking with them. It's like
0: yeah Um, yeah and a session and a session takes about an hour yes um and then uh, you know whatever information um that you know i might you know the angels give me i do share with them whatever pictures you know because they tend to give me a lot of them give me like you know as little snapshots of photo or photographs and i you know well you know and a lot of times it tends to be, you know, are you familiar with this book or this author? Um, yeah. Have you heard of these YouTube videos? Things like, yeah, it's a lot of that, you know, talking to them about, you know, meditation and different things like that comes up quite frequently.
2: Do you give them insights into themselves uh, Into themselves as you're creating that artwork or or. Do, do you give them guidance and in, 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 in how to deal with issues or um, how to heal or do, do, do you do that as well?
0: sometimes if that's what comes up uh, are, are that yeah you know, and sometimes that's what the person is looking for and so that's what questions they are asking um, so yeah asking questions is very helpful because that gives permission because angels have to yeah you know, a lot of times have to need pres- need permission to be of assistance and that's why asking them for help can be yeah then you know they're more likely to step in and be of assistance when you
3: ask
2: do do angels live in a pod or a cluster um or 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 are they uh singular um how how do they travel
0: um i'd say both um yeah. You know, the, the personal ones, because, yeah, you know, we all have each, everybody has minimum three. Really? So they, they're going to, you know, those that are your personal ones. Yeah. They are going to kind of um, work together as a pot or a group, but there are others that are not. Um, Cause you know, there are, they're literally can be angels to, you know, with some animals, with some, you know, that, assist with some, you know, businesses or spiritual groups. Um, there can be angels for, you know, that tend to stay in certain areas. Like in a, in particularly I've noticed that in parks, oh. you know, in public spaces.
2: Okay. We just can't see them. Do you,
0: yeah. or um, do you feel I them? do see them, but they I are do. very transparent. It's kind of like uh, seeing... Like- that ray of sunshine that comes between the clouds, that's how translucent I see them. And mm-hmm. I don't see them always in full form. And what we would think of as full form is a, having a body and wings and things. Some um, Cause you know, going to the grocery store, for example, would be kind of intense to see, you know, anywhere from three to 10 angels that somebody might have with them, each individual person at the store. Right. So would... I've kind of learned to turn the volume down a little bit where I see them as like spheres of color. That's kind of like seeing a you know, snow globe full of glitter.
2: So you see other people's angels, do you see your own?
0: Um, yes, yes, I do. How
2: mm-hmm. many, how many do, the, do you have in your pack? is that I'm, uh, I'm not being insulting or, or i'm no, seeing you're not as a group. Uh, I, I, I have
0: quite a number because i really? have what is called a planetary contract so anybody that has a planetary contract which you do as well has how did i get 12. that oh um it's an agreement you made in between your lifetimes oh, before you okay. okay,
2: because i don't taking remember signing form. that deal
0: a lot of people with planetary contracts are here to help others on their
2: spiritual journeys. Do you know what your contract is?
0: I know a little bit about it. Um, I do not, I've, I've actually even learned more in the last two months about my spiritual contract than I did even before that.
2: How'd that happen?
0: Um, it actually started up to a friend of mine who yeah. is a reader here in Kansas City, came yeah. up to me and goes, what's going on with that zipper in your back? And we found it in my kind of spiritual cloak that I wear to you know, be in this, this 3D yeah. body, 3D glove. Um, I have kind of, there's a zipper in my back that makes it very easy for me to go into the spiritual realms at night when I'm sleeping.
2: Do you remember that?
0: Um, I had before she told me. I had no idea it was there. And now, um, I'm learning more about that and why and what it is I do at night all the time. I still don't know everything.
2: Take a, would Would you take a guess at what you're doing at night now?
0: Um, from what I'm being told at yeah. this time, it's best that I not share that. I know she okay. literally waited forty eight hours to get clearance to get that information okay um so it's not something that i'm really ready to share publicly
2: okay thank you for that um so why do you have these skills
0: yeah during my one of my near-death experiences um
2: four six or 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 uh, the one in 97 this is the one
0: at, at, at six. Um, part of it was I was shown kind of that moment. What when was the to you? Yeah. When the creator exhaled. Um, yeah. You know, and I was shown, you know, you know, all these souls being created, including my own and me and two other souls were kind of pulled aside and I guess recruited would be the best word to explain it and we and asked to become what they use the word planet creator. I don't fully understand what that means, but they showed what, what it would be like if I did and what it would be like if I didn't. And now those exact details, I do not remember, but um, yeah, I obviously, yeah, because my intention at that moment of my soul was to go to the angelic realm.
2: So, what um, was causing you to be facing death on this side?
0: Yeah, that was you know um, the the ruptured hernias.
2: Okay. You know, for what, okay. Yeah. All so right. my
0: physical body was in surgery at that moment.
2: I understand. Okay. Wow. Did you ha- do you remember dreams in that time? What are you feeling right now? Wait, what are you going through?
0: Right now, uh, this
2: very second. What's going through you?
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know.
2: We just pretend you do. Um, just take a guess at it.
0: Sometimes, yeah, I know when I'm talking. Sometimes, you know, sharing mm-hmm. this sometimes can be difficult for me.
2: You look emotional. Uh, I'm not
0: always super comfortable sharing my near-death experience, and I'm not really sure why.
2: If I ask you a question. And you're uncomfortable whether we're having a personal conversation or one like this, it's always okay to say no.
0: And, but I but also I you know to. it's by, sh- I'm supposed to share my experience on what. Okay. Because, so, what, all
2: right. So what were you feeling yeah. back there then? <laughs> what were you <laughs> going was, to? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, my, yeah,
2: uh,
0: but yeah. It's like I was completely someplace else and was not connected to my body at all during that time.
2: When we were just talking, then you were detached.
0: Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. It's like I, a part whenever I talk about my near-death experience, I, I do detach, right? And and it's almost like it's just like I'm not fully back in that experience, but I am partially partially back in that experience.
2: And is that the same kind of feelings when the angels are working through you, when you're, when you're creating an, a piece of art or, or sharing a spiritual, um, is it the same thing?
0: Um, it is for me, it is very joyful. I really, yeah. truly enjoy sharing that and yeah. helping others to connect with that. Okay. Yeah. it's you know, I do not go back to the experience.
2: Okay, so this all right. Um, yeah. By the way, thank you for sharing that. T- thank you. Mm. No. That was really brave of you to do. Thank you. Um, when did you discover you're brave?
0: I think I'm still discovering.
2: <laughs> really? Because because from what I've experienced from you, you 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 are brave.
0: I know. Um... Even two years ago, I probably I did not have the courage to reach out to people like uh, I did. With- was
2: there was there a spiritual reason? Did one of the angels say start doing it or or really? Is that what happened?
0: Yes. Yeah. I'm, I kind of get pushed a little bit
2: because
0: uh, I'm somebody I just as soon be kind of back in the corner doing what I do yeah. and not be doing, you know, something like this that I know is going to go out and be seen by others and that I have no idea. Yeah. And even when doing, say my, I do crystal singing bowl meditations, I would have just as soon been back in the corner set up when everybody had their you know backs t- turned and exit the room before they even knew I was there.
2: Do you see yourself as a healer?
0: Um, not, no, I'm, even though I am a Reiki master, um, I've been trained in other modalities. Yeah. I don't really think of myself that way. I more think of myself as somebody is to help others connect with that angelic realms with those higher frequency spiritual realms.
2: Yeah, i would so you're, yeah, you're, my, you're so I'm you're, more
0: of a connector, is the way so I think. You're the
2: things. job. Your 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 job is do, to to um do the interview and then, uh or or um direct them. Is that is that or or just simply be the channel?
0: Yeah, just to be the channel to make that help others make that connection
2: to their angels.
0: Yeah, to their angels and that and those, and to other higher frequencies, or faster frequencies.
2: Why would someone approach you for an angel uh, portrait?
0: Yeah, I think that's individual for the person, but um, it's been everywhere from, I want to talk to my angels. I want my angels to talk to me, or I just, I'm going through a rough time and I need some help. I need some guidance, Um, you know, you know and everything you can think of in between there as to why people have come you know and asked to work with me
2: do you, do you plan to do when 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 um we're all f- get our freedom from this this pandemic do, do you plan to do public speaking and 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 public engagements incidentally if you wanted there there they'll be there for you but
0: um, I am starting to do that just a little bit um, right. here during the pandemic. I've done it a little bit through zoom. Yes. Um, you like I it? am. Um, yeah. And I've been okay. doing the angel portraits through zoom as well. Okay. So that's been gotten, I've gotten pretty comfortable with that. Yeah. Um, I am going to be speaking at the um, conscious life expo in LA
2: when um, is
0: that next month? And um, it's the weekend, the very first weekend in February, the you know around the fourth. Yes. Um, so I, I am going to have a booth there um, and I will be speaking on Saturday for an hour. Um, I'm hoping that to be more of a question and answer type thing, you know, where yes. I kind of tell my story a little bit and then, yes. and, and let people ask me what questions they have about angels um, or any of the other work that I do as well, but um, yeah. Um, so, and that's where I'm most comfortable is when people like ask me questions, like you have done today.
2: Um, do you believe you're here for a spiritual purpose? Yes, I do. And do you believe your your your, your purpose is one of service?
0: Yes, most definitely.
2: What gives you that feeling?
0: Partly the peace when I do it.
2: What a fabulous conversation we've had today. I am so happy that you reached out to me. Um, I really liked your energy. I was really impressed with your with with your chutzpah, you know, just doing what you did. And I, I thought you were going to be like really wacko and crazy. And, and, it, and, you know, you're pretty down to earth for, for doing a kind of job like what we do. And I, I, I'd like to thank you very much for, one for reaching out and, and uh, number two for being here and, and, and thank you.
0: Oh, Thank you. And I've really enjoyed, you know, listening to some of your podcasts as well. And look forward to listening to more.
2: Thank you my next guest the main event is sarah troy i've had the privilege of being on uh sarah's show a um, couple of times over the last year and a half and we've also had a couple of personal uh conversations off the air as well sarah is the owner of self-discovery M- uh media and community But basically what that means is that she owns her own uh, um, network, and she also does her own podcast as well in self-discovery. She's a teacher. Um, She teaches beautiful concepts, and she does her podcast five days a week. And I have so many questions to ask her, and she's going to give us so many answers. I just can hardly wait. So let's just go talk to my friend. Sarah Troy. Well, we certainly are having a different kind of experience, Sarah. Um, the first time we met, I was a guest on your podcast. Mm-hmm. And now. I had an extraordinary experience um, with you on that podcast. We, we can talk about it, but I'd like to welcome you now because you're on, you know, a guest on my podcast, My Side of the Crystal Ball, So, So, welcome. Thank good you. To, good to see you. Good to see you um, too. You're really successful, accomplished in many areas. And, and you and I have you know, been on, the air, on your show a few times, and we've had discussions off the air. And we talk about similar things, but I don't know what you do. So would you, could you tell me what you do now? I know, I know you're involved with spirit and, and, and teaching and healing and all that kind of stuff, but what, how do you do that?
1: Well, you know, primarily what I am, is a podcast with my own podcast network interviewing extraordinary people like yourself.
2: Well,
3: thank and you. And
1: in, in doing that, I believe that those that are in their own self-discovery who are looking for an answer, looking for a direction, looking for guidance,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, that my service is to provide to them, the people that can help them on their journey of life. But my background uh, is in um, soul awakening. I've always so been. So your
2: job is, 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 is a podcast host.
1: Yes, I, I do five shows a week, um, wow, and I interview I didn't people know from. That. A, yeah, yeah, I have my own network, Self Discovery <laughs> Media, so it's a so it is a full time job for me. You know, seven hours a day plugging at this. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so that's my main job.
2: Okay. But I, the background just, is, you what? know,
1: is the background is I'm a soul awakener, always have been. I've always been kind of um, the knowingness person. You know, when I'd somebody talking to me and then uh, me coming up with an answer for them and uh, way beyond maybe my uh, comprehension but it was something they needed to know in at the moment that they needed to know it and they go how do you know that and I I don't know because purely I was a channel and I was a conduit for what they needed
2: to know was that, and I, was that when 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 you were a child yes
1: woman? it's been my entire life. My entire life. And I will find myself in places, uh, a wrong direction. Um, you know, one time I was at the hospital waiting to have an appointment and I'm wondering why I'm taking so long to get in. And this young man comes and sits next to me and we have this conversation and they call him in. And eventually the surgeon comes out and he said, What department are you for? And I go to da, da da da. And he goes, You're in the wrong department. And he said, Did you speak to that young man? And I said, yes, I did. We had a lovely conversation. He said, you've had a bigger breakthrough with him in the moment that you had out here than I've had in the last six years with him. And it was purely because we soul talked. I didn't talk to his head and his problems. I talked to his heart and his soul. And everything I do comes from the heart and the soul. It's the only direction I know how to be honest in.
2: And do you do that as a service as uh, to, to clients or, or do you just give people those blessings uh, in your everyday life?
1: now it's kind of everyday life. Um, I do have um, a you know, soul awakening series where I'm a true colors coach. And as a self-discoverer of where we are right now, because when we understand who we are as a personality trait, we understand where we are right now. It gives us a more fuel and, and clarity in order to where we need to go. So I do have that course. I haven't done it in a while because this is consumed all my time, but it's there for any time anybody does want it. And they can find that on ChoosePositiveLiving.com. But um, I, now I find even in the shows that I do, I will suddenly step in to... A counselling mode, because I'm a seer like you, and when we see, okay. we have to share because that's okay. why we were given okay. what we are seeing.
2: So, in your, I'm, I'm just trying to think of where, where it, it's so open ended. One <laughs> of while you were talking and talking about um, uh, being a colors true colors coach, true yeah. colors coach, I'm I'm looking at. The, the the color of your of your <laughs> um shirt yes uh, sky uh, blouse yeah. right um, sweater the, actually it's ah, cold okay. up here <laughs> um the color of your eyes and the colors of mm-hmm. of of uh, some blues in mm-hmm. in um the the signs behind you mm-hmm. and and i'm i'm sure that was a coincidence right
1: <laughs> i'm a blue person i can't right. escape yes. it um, i'm a blue personality which is mm-hmm. air Right so I hate being in uh, you know constrained, I need to flow mm-hmm. everything about my life is about flow and and blue even of the water um so blue is 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 my color it is it is my energy um it is my essence, but it is also in my personality type, yeah
2: I wear white mm-hmm. because because um it makes me act nicer. <laughs> color doesn't (laughs) well well white specifically does (laughs) and and um it it, it's like i have to live up to what 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 the 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 color represents the white light yes the white light Mm -hmm. And, and and i find that i'm i'm far more um Controlled in my irritations, mm-hmm. or, or or you know, or things that really make me angry, or I, I just I just find that when I'm wearing white, which which I do a lot now, because mm-hmm. uh, because it it I behave better.
1: Yeah, I I would um, I'm I very often do wear kind of creamy whites and mm-hmm. and whites and things, right. which um, I do like that um, that color, um, but. I, I've, I don't know what it is about the blue. I notice I keep pulling towards blues, all mm-hmm. different shades of blues, because mm-hmm. blue is definitely me. Um, I used to wear black a lot when I was blonde. Now I'm gray. I well, don't wear black anymore. <laughs>
2: all right, so I've never been blonde. But I, 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 I also <laughs> used to wear um, lots of black all, all mm-hmm. the time.
1: Yeah. And it just doesn't it's not me. any. I can wear black and white. Mm -hmm. Or black and something, but I can't wear the solid black anymore, where it used to be a statement. But it was Mm -hmm. interesting because I was doing a course one time and I was wearing a black jacket. And and a woman said to me, and she said, I can't buy this. And I said, what do you mean? She said, you in the black jacket. I've seen you colorful. I buy you more as that and i stopped wearing kind of the suit type things and i went in asara <laughs> right so it was a good lesson learned
2: well well black um gives you a kind of protection mm. and and um a lot of us people that do this type of work um wear black mm-hmm. and 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 it 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 is a it 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 does keep a lot of energy out it it, it is protective
1: mm-hmm. yeah um. I suppose because I'm doing this right now, I think one of the things that I've learned to do is I used to be so protective of my vulnerability, of my spirituality, because I was around the wrong energy.
2: Right. Okay.
1: You know, and now I'm not around the the wrong energy. You know, the people I get to interview are people that I know that are on a, an, an equivalent type vibration. And so I don't need to worry about that. I can be as flamboyant as I want, you know, and I'm okay. Um, And if I'm out and about, you know, I am particular about the energies that I hang out with. And I think it's sure. because I'm, I'm not in that protective mode anymore. And um, that I'm, you know, I don't wear the black. However, I still do have black items and I still do wear them now and again. That's more when I'm traveling.
2: What brought you to that awareness that you're safe?
1: Ooh, um,
2: oh, I had I think- to ask. Oh, no, you did. And it's a good
1: question because it was, um, you know, everybody thinks that everything happens like the bells ring and there you are in that moment. And it, it was a realization when I was going through my separation and consequently my divorce of my husband that I realized I had been every other color everybody wanted me to be, but my own. I bent into a pretzel. I had been switching up anything that they wanted me to be, and I'd lost myself entirely. Mm -hmm. And I'd even lost my heart and soul connection for a long time. Although I was still doing readings and still counseling people, I never came up in a reading of myself. People would read for me and say, sorry, you're not in your own life right? I kind of a, absent from my own life. And it was it was that uh, a woman who actually with a pendulum had removed 152 lifetimes from me. And I had had the brick wall in front of me and I can never get through that brick wall. I couldn't go over it, under it, couldn't abolish it, couldn't do anything with it. And through those 152 lifetime removals, that wall came down. And suddenly the path before me was of my choice. I didn't feel... The pushback anymore. I felt this is a blank slate. I can go in my own self discovery of who is Sarah, from the core, not from what other people wanted to be. So it was a journey of my own exploration into me becoming um, and stepping into my heart and soul insecurity.
2: Okay, removing one hundred and fifty-two lifetimes. Were there any left over? Or, yes. Or okay. Yes. Okay. So. <laughs>
1: Did you... <laughs> I've been around a while. <laughs> so,
2: so removing 152 past lifetimes. Yes. All right. Um, and, and there's a whole lot left over. How did you know which ones to let go of? And did you know what each one was? Or, or is there just a feeling like, oh, this is good. This is bad. Get rid of this. Get rid of that.
1: And um, that was up to her who was removing it. So she was removing it, and like, oh, I mentioned like a,
2: like uh, she,
1: um, yeah, she used a pendulum. Okay, uh, a person oh, who used okay. it, and in doing that, um, and, and I went through all sorts of kind of, um, not contortions, but feelings as she was doing <laughs> yeah, it, sure. right? And it, and so, you know how sometimes you, you get a feeling of being a person. Oh, where did that come from? You know, and that could be kind of a flashback or just, you know, revisit from a past life um, or memory or something. And I would have a few things of those. I thought I'd got rid of all the lifetimes until I went to someone else who was working with me on a cellular level. She was releasing pain and she was releasing entrapments. And then she went down in and she said for the past 50 lifetimes, um, because I came to this world as a soul awakener, a connector to the universal energy and love. And that is what I was always here to do. And I elected to stay and do it. Do you know that? I have a memory of it. I have a memory of who I used to be. And that was in part of my self-discovery, that realization came to be. And I've always had an image of what I am when I'm not in this body. So it's, mm. it's always been that funny enough blue. <laughs> So maybe that's why I'm so attached to the blue, right? Um, But when this woman worked on me, she said, for the past, I've had 50 lifetimes of where I vow of poverty, which we've talked about, you know, which, you know, I've obliterated that contract, but it still kind of hangs around. And I'd also had past lifetimes of persecution. Torn and quartered, burnt at the stake, and everything else as a witch because I've always been this spiritual person, and uh, she managed to release a
2: great deal of those one, which one I didn't realise that was as there. Highwayman as well.
1: <clears throat> and we have most. I'm, I know I've been the villain along the line too. I know I've been an executioner right. too. Hmm. So I, I had a yeah. very distinct memory of that. Yeah.
2: Right. Was those. Releasing of those past lives, did, did that also give the, the insight of, of, of your relationship um, not working or, or, or no. time to grow? Was, was there a correlation? The,
1: the, the relationship was not working at all. Right. What it did, it gave me permission to place value upon myself and find oh. the courage and the strength to move forward. Stop okay. being a prisoner. Right. And it could essentially those past lives and especially the, the last 50 of, you know, persecution burnt at the stake. There was a fear, I think, of persecution again. Right. And so okay. it was it was breaking out of my prison and stepping into being me. And but it, I had to discover who I was. I knew what I could do, but I didn't know who I was.
2: Yes. I understand that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I understand that. Um, I, I was thinking of something and I and I and and, and just slipped my mind because I got so um, focused on on what you were saying. Um, do you do counseling with people now, or uh, is it, or are you just doing your show?
1: I no no, it, it's like people reach out to me. Okay. Um, I can even go um, before COVID off, you know, I used right, to go off right. to little places. I'd go to a little Dutch place I liked where I liked their particular pastry and go for a coffee and a pastry and there'd be somebody sitting next to me and it would end up in a conversation. Right. And in that conversation, there'd always be a touch of counseling that there is always that going on, always somebody who has an issue. And I just seem to be able to have an answer for them at that time doesn't mean it's the be all and the end all. It's just something that can help them see it from a different point of view and take action.
2: Now, that's interesting. Now, I myself um, um, are, are different. Um, I don't want those kinds of interactions with people. Um, I kind of help
1: it. It happens. Yeah,
2: I don't <laughs> want it. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I'm always on guard for an emergency to occur. Right. Right. And and I, I'm always ready to give aid if 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 an emergency is going to occur or somebody needs um, a kind gesture. Mm-hmm. But but in terms of interacting and stuff, I, 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 I don't want to do that at all. Yeah. Uh, um, but anyway, that, that, that's that's. Anyway, it's I whether
1: I want different. to or not. Right. It's going to happen. And I just really? know that. Yeah, it's I went on a cruise. <laughs> this is funny. I went on a cruise in my late 40s. Um, so
2: like and it was what, like five years ago,
1: uh, uh, <laughs> uh, 18 years ago. Um, and I went, uh, I went on this cruise kind of single in training. I thought, right. oh, you know, kind yeah. of a way to kind of yeah. get to know people again, yeah. being single. And of course, I was in my late 40s and the next age group was 70s. <laughs> so, you know, yes. and, uh, nobody single there at all. But, and I was reading The Alchemist at the time. And I would go and find myself a comfy little seat. And I always like to be near windows and light and things like this. And I'd end up with people talking to me. I would end up, I mean, it didn't matter where I went, it, unless it was my room, it didn't matter where I went, people would end up coming over to me. And I just know that's just the way it is. I can't fight it. And I just believe though, obviously if they've seeked me out or if they felt that energy, it's not that I'm inviting it. It's okay. They're seeing it. And, is, and then is, I feel, is, you know, I, I have to respond to it.
2: Is is that a spiritual or moral obligation that you must do?
1: The spirit comes before the moral because automatically as they're talking to me, I'm beginning to see
2: is all right. So you must. Respond. I have to. I, yeah. Okay. So no, I'm, I'm so yeah. now I myself believe that I have free choice and free will, even though I see something, something's going on. Um, I, I can choose to take the assignment or not.
1: Right. No, no, I believe that if it's given to me, it is for a reason and it's not for me to hold back and i okay. and i give it and okay. and it, it it actually it's been spoken before it's been thought
2: yeah. Huh. so one of the things that I do a lot is 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 give out money to um, mm-hmm. um homeless people mm-hmm. and 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 I give like pretty large quantities like like mm-hmm. y- you know um forty dollars at a, yeah. a, a that's a, a big a amount ton. for like, them yeah yes well, what I do is I give the person the day off
1: yes, exactly or like, maybe two days off depending where I, they are yeah
2: when, so and, and I also have a talk with them too um nothing serious i just interact Mm -hmm. with them but but um i pick and choose no
1: i'm i'm chosen
2: i i (laughs) i pick and choose who gets who gets who gets the, the 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 coins yeah and and um when um someone's going to receive it i i'm there i'm aware um, and and when when I'm not going to do that, I I, I have I have a, a a defense, and I and I and I can often mostly look the other way.
1: You see, I don't perceive it as any form of attack. I don't perceive it I, any form as a negativity. Is that if it's coming out of me at that time, sure, it's just purely okay. the two channels are open. That person's ready to receive, and I'm ready to give, and okay. I just do. So right. um, the The strangest thing is, is actually with people, you know, and, you know, I have some wonderful friendships and they're all on different levels. And a couple of people see me as the spiritual person that I am, and we can have spiritual talk. Mm -hmm. I have a bestie who is anytime anything's gone wrong in my life, she's been there Right. Uh, she speaks about my shows all the time, although she's never listened to one. <laughs> you know? uh, she doesn't quite get what I do, but she's a massive advocate, right? right. So obviously I am, I'm in a different channel with her. I have other people that have come to me, where' seeking questions or this, or just had a conversation, and then afterwards don't want anything to do with me. And part of that is they've shared their vulnerability. And it, and it's interest. There's no animosity there, uh, but afterwards, as I know too much about them now, and okay. they're on guard. You know what I All mean? Right.
2: Um Just just one. Or question. too far so, out for so, them. So. so, <laughs> so um, you don't do regular, like daily, um, no. counseling readings. No. Okay. See, that's the difference. Yes. Right. That's the difference. That, yeah. That's what what up until recently has been what I do. Yes, exactly. So, so when I'm doing that every day, right? Um, w- when I go out, I'm I'm not going to be looking for more ways to do it. Right. Okay. No. So yeah. that that would be perhaps why yeah. I, I have a different focus.
1: Yeah. And, and I suppose you can say that, you, you know, when I'm interviewing, right. you know, people, do you have questions for me? Or here, they send right. me questions. I just kind of look at the essence of the person, the energy of the person, the certain things we're going to talk about. And as you know, it's organic right. and off we go. Of and I've, I feed the energy and I'm very often it goes off on a different world all on its own. And I and think, well, that's obviously where it's meant to go. Right, and it's. uh, I have people saying to me, "I've never told anybody that," and I've just gone and told your audience. (laughs) So, So, I allow the energy to take us where it needs to go. So, I suppose in the way that kind of channeling, what I was doing there is is now here in in what I do here.
2: Tell me a little bit more about your color program. Mm-hmm. I'm not using the right terms, but it's something to do with color. Does, is, is, it, is it about wearing the right no. color? Oh, okay. No. What, what, right. what is
1: it? So True Colors is a Myers and Briggs program. It's an oh. identification of your four key personalities. And we have four key personalities that we work on. Uh, Microsoft, many other companies will actually take people through a True Colors test to identify which personality they are to know whether they're going to fit into the team or not. Um and you've got have you ever read the book Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson MD? Well no. Uh, brilliant book. Um, And he, he kind of originally told the story like metaphorically, and it was on changes in business and how certain personalities hate change and others, you know, are all up for it. And it's the four key personalities that are in that book as well. And you'll see it over and over again being used. And when you can identify what is your key personality, you know, that's how you're going to perceive your information. That's how you're going to interact in your information. And this is why I'm always saying in a business, it's always good to have all four personalities represented. So that when you sit around the table, I see it from this point of view, I see it from this point of view, da 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 da. Now you've actually got a whole picture. So because each person is going to see it from their perception. But I then take it a little further and do their view of life. And I take them on a metaphorical journey. And each one of those steps of those journeys tells me if they're engaged in their life, if they're avoiding certain things, if they're switched off, or if they're paying attention. So it's an awareness of where you are right now and the fact that you're not engaged in your own life and understanding your perception of your personality, whether you're engaging or switched off from your life. Then I actually then go into a reading which is more of understanding what your options are and where you can go, what your possibility, because I'm a possibilities seer or seeing what paths are in front of you. And so you're armed with, I am this. This is what I need to actually engage more in my life. And these are the possibilities that lay before me. So that's my course there.
2: Is it a one-on-one or is it a group?
1: No, I can do groups, but um, I I prefer to do one-on-one because it takes a little while. They do fill out a questionnaire. I've got to do all of that. I literally write everything out for people. I have a Zoom call with them. I go through every step. And then I just do this reading afterwards of what I see for them in, in what they know now, in that clarity of who they are now, what paths lay before them. And so they have a better understanding of where to go to. I can't walk it for them. I can just lay out a path for them.
2: So this is—is—is um, um, is, is this something that is, you you would see the person, your client, uh, repeatedly, or you know, once a week? For oh, this nope. this is. No, nope. so shot it,
1: it basically they can do it online. But they can fill oh. out the questionnaire. They send yeah. it to me. Yeah. I work on the questionnaire and all the answers. I then do a Zoom call, which is recorded. Right. And I go through all of the uh, the uh, answers okay. with them and what they mean and what it means to their life. And then oh, okay. I kind of do that uh, perception reading for them. They get the audio um, uh, of everything. So they've got it for their own um, thing that. afterwards. And it just becomes, I call it the guidance system. So, you know,
2: how, how did you come about that?
1: Um, actually, the interesting thing, I mean, the true colors I discovered in 2001, I did a business course and this woman was teaching it and um, she had an autistic child and I went over to see her, and I read for her autistic child, and I got forty-five minutes of attention from him, and he was severely autistic. And in doing that, I could actually tell him what was going on inside of his mind, and it, it was not what she thought it was. And uh, and she told me afterwards that I have more perception of what the true colors really meant to someone. Uh, not from the analytical point of view, but from the you know the personal point of view, and that she encouraged me to do it. but the view of life is something I learned from a an Italian psychiatrist when I was twenty in nineteen seventy five in Italy who took me under his wing and he gave me this and he said, "Go with it, go with it this is yours and it's it's really quite remarkable because it's just like you're going here, you're going there. What do you see? What do you do? It's reactions. And it tells me a great deal of the person. I can do that singularly. I can do that within a group, just that program. Um, But the whole thing I do just one-on-one. I've worked a lot with couples actually too, ah, because couples are different personalities.
2: How long um, would a session like that be?
1: Uh, well, once they filled up all the questionnaire, it can take me a while to go through everything. So and then when I'm doing um, the session, I'm at least two hours, at least.
2: All right. Doing the session. And Just then... doing
1: the session, not not all the other stuff.
2: So and, and the prep would take.
1: Um, it depends. Um, OK, some parts of it quickly, some parts of it not, um, mm-hmm. But I, I, at least another hour. So it's at least a three, maybe four hour process.
2: Wow. Oh, OK, so and you you. You haven't done that or you have done that recently or
1: not recently. No, I did. Um, um, no, I haven't, because when I when, when COVID came out, if I'm going to write my oh. book, I'm going to pick this up again. I ended up doing eight or nine shows a week. Wow. And and each show is a four to five hour production, so you know I had no time. <laughs> then I became a grandmother, <laughs> so there was time with the, with him. Um, and so and no, congratulations,
2: the, by the way. Oh, I know that yeah. I know that I've said it to you before, mm. and um, um, we knew each other um, just just before your first yes, child yes, was yes. Uh, born.
1: Yeah, I know he's. Oh, and talk about an intuitive boy! This little boy's got it already. Yeah,
2: so. Mm. I'm hearing an accent, obviously, mm-hmm. and, and I also know that you're on the west coast of uh, Canada. Hmm? They don't have those accents by by natural um, no but, all right, so I'm British but, born because I, I was gonna say that um, it's a mixture of accent. yes. Right. So British born where?
1: I'm British born at 14 in Lincolnshire. And then my mother and I went out to live in South Africa. So you're hearing a little bit of South African Just, accent. And that's and, where the rhythm comes from.
2: <laughs> oh, and and um, where in South Africa?
1: I was in Cape Town and Johannesburg. OK. Um, J- Johannesburg, we used to call jailburg. <laughs> and I lived that, in a place called Hillbrow. We called Hillbrow.
2: <laughs> and, and, and was that during apartheid? Yes,
1: I left wow. before apartheid came to an end.
3: Well,
2: wow.
1: it's one of the reasons I did leave, actually, the misogyny and the apartheid and just uh, um, especially Johannesburg. It's a soul sucking place because it's all concrete. And, and there was a lot going on at that time, a lot of violence. And so I had to get out of there and I am better near water. I need right. to be near water right. and trees, which, of course, we right. had none there. And so I came to Canada and I was going to be here for a year. And, uh, and then I met my ex-husband. And oh, so that right. changed life altogether. And I've been here 41 and a half years now. and oh, divorced okay. 21. <laughs>
2: ah, all right. Um, the, the, I visited South Africa the first time was less than a year after apartheid mm-hmm. had ended. And the first place that I went to in South Africa was, was, was Durban.
1: Well, that's a lovely country too. Lovely place. Yeah. Very hot. And,
2: oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) what I found remarkable because I I, I knew the background. Um, I found remarkable as I would see um, um, black people walking on the beach that 10 months ago they would have got shot for being on. Right. Yes. I mean, yeah. And they were walking on it. And there were white people and colored, as in colored, and and this is a um, a, a race. I'm not. Mm, that's yeah. not a slang. Or, right. It, being colored is a race in South Africa, um, as well as agent. And, and they were all walking together. And and there was and and there was you know there was a white guy and a and and, and, and a black guy walking together, and um, it was it was quite an astonishing thing to, to experience.
1: Yeah, no, to I watch. used to get into trouble because I worked at a restaurant that we closed around four, five at night. Yeah. And one of the, the waiters, well, he wasn't a waiter, so he would clean dishes and do all of that. And he would walk me home, but he wasn't allowed to walk within six feet of me. So we walked six feet apart talking to each other. And uh, one day I came into work and he was not there anymore. And what do you mean? He's not there. The police picked him up. Why did they pick him up? And uh, at that time, there was a lot going on. um, And they were just picking them up. They were taken to jail and accused them of something. There were no rights. There were no lawyers. They would just go missing and nobody would ever know what would happen to them. And there was a lot of that going on. I remember New Year's Eve in Hillbrow. Uh, what was it, 74 or, or something. I mm-hmm. can't remember which year it was. And we're all up in Hillbrow celebrating and everybody came out. I mean, it was, it was such a cosmopolitan place, Hillbrow. And you had every race out there and everybody was in cheer. Mm-hmm. Suddenly the police come along and they come out with their riotous sticks and they start hitting everyone and hurting everyone. It didn't matter what color you were. And uh, I remember running, I had clogs on. And they snapped in half, and I'm running yeah. with one clog and one foot, yes. and we're literally running for our lives. And uh, it, it was extremely violent at that time. Um, there was the Yugoslavian mafia there. If, if you sat at their seat, they would pick you up and throw you down the stairs or through a glass window. It uh, it was it was a very violent place, Hillbrow. That's why we called it Hillbrow.
2: I, I, I well, this isn't necessarily the right time, but but I, I'd like to share one of my experiences when I first went to South Africa. And and, and I was going there to do to do some some shows and and and, and I went early because I just wanted to get a sense of what the country was like. Mm-hmm. So I stayed with my friend who owned a gas station. Mm-hmm. And and, you know, it was only less than a year after apartheid and and gas pumpers were black, um, the the uh, Muslims and the Indians, they they did the more um, detailed kind of jobs. And and the guy that owned the place was white. Mm-hmm. And and I was sitting around there all day doing nothing um, and I was getting bored. And And I asked my friend and I said, can I pump gas? And, and he said, Oh, be better, be careful. You know, you've got to get permission from the Zulus. Yeah. And now my friend had told the Zulus that I was a muti. Now, now moody is like, is like, like a witch doctor, but mm. they're like heavyweight mo- witch doctors, but being white in a moody, yeah. made me like the white, the white rhino. Mm-hmm. These guys <laughs> were afraid of me. They didn't want me to pump gas with them. But they were too afraid to say no. Right. So I started and and um, my friend had nine pumps, 10 gas pumpers and the service was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And and all of a sudden, I just got into pumping gas for fun. But almost all the clients were black, Mm -hmm. colored, Asian Mm -hmm. and I was giving service to these people and it was the first time in their life they had ever been given service by By a white person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And well, that was an incredible honor Mm -hmm, for me. mm -hmm. Um, And, and um, anyway, that's, that's one of my most beautiful experiences giving service. And um, anyway, it's a whole long other story, but, but that was a, uh, um,
1: yeah, it's, it's a beautiful country still in turmoil um you know it unfortunately always it, take, it always takes a few generations before things mm-hmm. kind of find an equilibrium again and and of course you know with Omnicom and everything else it's been hit really hard yeah. I have a nephew there um and uh, you know it yeah it just I mean uh, one of the reasons I did leave you know was as I said the misogyny was just unbelievable. Um, in work, in everything. And also, you know, this, this whole racism thing, I just couldn't take anymore. And, sure. uh, but I was actually going back to the States cause I'd lived in the States for a few months and I was going back there and I came by
2: Canada. So how did we get you? How did, how did we lock out?
1: Um, because I had friends that I, who were British oh, that I met right. in, in South Africa I see. and, uh, they left, uh, you know, he got a, a job offer and he, they went back to England and they were going to go to America. And I said, no, you're not going there. What do you mean we're not going there? He's been offered a job. I said, no, something's going to come up in Canada for you. And they, they, even though they had me read for them, every time I read for them, it was, oh, no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it is. And uh, then they said, oh, you're right. We're moving to Canada. And so I went, came over and I, you know, I'm going to come here for a year and just experience it because I've heard all about Canada. Where,
2: where, where did you where did you land? In, in British Columbia. Oh, OK, well, I've always not been in B.C. You're, you're not yeah. going to be leaving there. And then that's where you land. No,
1: no, no, no. Right. And, and, and also, in, you know, although no, we don't have the beautiful white beaches and the beautiful sea or the weather, the lifestyle is very similar to Cape Town. Uh-huh. Um, so you know, a lot of people that were from Johannesburg go to Toronto, and then um, yeah. Cape Townians or Durbanites come yeah. here.
2: During during the the uh, um, the fleeing of of, of South Africa, um, some of the people that left. They they called Toronto, or Toronto was called in South Africa to run to, and it was a mm-hmm. derogatory remark. It was you know, oh, was it? Did oh, you? well, yeah. Well, to run to it, it implies you're you know you're abandoning the nation, and and oh. that was, and, and, and we were bringing them in, but mm. you know, it wasn't I, care, but. Well,
1: I know. I mean, people couldn't take their money out, and uh, you
2: serious.
1: know, people were fearing for their lives. I mean, it was it was yeah, a. I literally, you know, I I've seen stabbings and shootings so, so and murder and had an do... attempt on my own life and everything. There, so.
2: so you got here mm-hmm. in, in, and, and um, you, when you got off the plane, you said, this is it? Home?
1: No, no, oh. not at all. Um, you know, I really liked it. Mean, the, the funny thing Looks is, good. is that I thought that Canada would be, you know, here would be so much more progressive than where I had left. And I was finding like fashion and many things were not. Right. And I was going, oh, okay, you know, this isn't as progressive, but um, I was working under the table in a French restaurant owned by a Chinese gentleman with a Japanese chef.
2: Isn't that fabulous?
1: Yes. And then this guy came in who was Chinese and he started chatting me up. And then the next day I had, on the phone, one guy who was asking me out, and this other guy asking me out, and I knew the one guy was married, was in the middle of a divorce, and I thought no, and I said yes to the other guy, and it turned out to be my future husband. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> um, so that, uh, you know, and then that of course took me down a whole different road because you know he's he's Asian, and it took me into the Asian world, which I loved. That's I love it. Asian right. food, and I love the the world, and obviously we had mixed children, which I think make be- very beautiful kids, but it was again, I just seemed to be my vibration at that time seemed to attract the misogyny. And so it was not a good relationship. And, and again, that was, you know, uh, he fell in love with me for my spirit and then systematically wanted to
2: control the, yeah. control ah, the spirit. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. So as you know, what's the how story did, of my life you- at that time?
2: Right. Um, at this stage of your life, being so successful in your career, um, your family um, has expanded, your mm-hmm. grandmother now, yes. um, is your heart still open or receptive? Yes. Or,
1: oh yes. It's actually funny because somebody put something out on Facebook yesterday about people of our, uh, you know that have been alone for a long time, and I'm 67. I've been alone for quite a long time, and and it's uh, we you know we get so comfortable with certainly our certainly do you know you know it's like um, yeah. do I want somebody full time? Do I want to wash someone's shirts? Do you know? Do I want to go through all of that again? Um, you know, it's questionable, but at the same time, I miss. The hugs. I miss going out for dinner with someone, going to the theater with someone, doing something with someone. And uh, and it's like um, if we're both living in our own places, uh, you know, who knows? But yes, I'm open, but uh, there will be no bending into a pretzel. You know, it says Popeye says, "I am what I am. You take me for what I am, and that's that."
2: (laughs) So, when you complete this existence. What do you want to be known for?
1: Well, I have a reputation for being a woman of heart. Because I do everything come from the heart. It's the only place I know, to be honest. Um, I hope that I have made a difference in people's lives for the better. Whether it's a drop or whether it's a lot, um, that I'm remembered fondly for being somebody who cared. Who tried, and who wanted to help people on their journey of life?
2: If that, so if that day were this day, but it's not, no, <laughs> would that be said of you already?
1: I think so. Okay. Yes, I think so. I've, I've I have. Um, it's kind of interesting where I go. My my son has a restaurant and when I'm over there, if he has a do, I'm there. I'm I'm apparently everybody's mama. And, um, you know, everybody already knows me to be that. Um, In fact, his current girlfriend, I introduced him to. So, (laughs) Um, yeah, I think that reputation already precedes me. And it was actually interesting. There was another posting where uh, people who are the closest to you know you for what, how they want to see you. Yes. Where other people that you work with, or you know, in this persona, yes. see people see you for who you are, okay. right? And and it's very very true. So each person is going to have their own memory of me or their own perception of me. And one of the things I realize that is not in my control.
2: However, um, the results of your work. When I asked you the question, if this were your last moment would you feel that you've been successful? And your answer was, yes, I feel that. Then, Sarah, you are <laughs> already. So, congratulations. Oh,
1: thank you. I'm coming into my 10th year of podcasting this year.
2: Wow! And I'm
1: this certainly was the path I was meant to take. And, you know, I've met extraordinary people like yourself, who, you know, you're, you're givers, you're sharers. And that's that is, you know, I'm firm believer in service and you know, I'm, I'm firm believer in, in sharing and giving and being of service because I think the receiving is in the service and the, the greatest gift you can give is of yourself and, and whatever skill that you have. And I've got to interview some of the most extraordinary people that have become friends Right. You know, maybe only friends like this, we may never right. physically meet, but that doesn't make right. us any less friendship, right? Of and so I've been very, very honored and blessed with the community that I've built. And it's wonderful. It's really, truly wonderful to have that.
2: When we talk, the time goes so fast, mm-hmm. just as it has now. I am grateful for you joining me today. And uh, thank you.
1: My pleasure. Thank you. And you can come back home with me anytime.
2: (laughs) Well, that brings us to the end of another exceptional, exciting, and exemplary show, just as my guests were. And I'd like to thank Sarah Troy um, in the the main event, um, spiritual teacher, owner of uh, Self-Discovery Podcast Network and Community, as well as podcast host herself. And I'd also like to thank Susan Water, um, intuitive, visionary artist, Angel channeler, and just a nice person. I'd like to thank them both for being on. And uh, before I say goodnight, I just have a couple of requests. If you're watching us on YouTube, please like comment. Comments are important for us and subscribe to the channels and subscriptions are complimentary and uh, gets us lots of higher ratings so please subscribe and and it'll keep you in touch with us uh and you'll know you'll never miss one of our our our, our podcasts you can find us on apple spotify and pretty much anywhere else you are listening to your podcast if you'd like to get in touch with me personally you can find me on uh, my website www.robertlindsaymiln.com. I'm still doing readings these days, so you can give me a shout there. You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. That's it for tonight. And just again, just before I'm saying goodbye, I'd like to say, do good, stay safe, and above all, just be kind. Good night, everybody.